People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 438. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Happy fall officially. Now that it's October, I think we can say it's fall. Agreed. what the calendar said. How's the weather I... out there? Is it pumpkin spice ready? <laughs> That's a good question for you, Laura. I was going to say, not quite. We are still in the high 70s here in northern Georgia. Must be below 60 degrees for pumpkin spice. <laughs> below 60? You're going to have to wait another like three months for that. No, no, like another three weeks. By that time, it's going to be peppermint mocha season. <laughs> <laughs> Another drink I avoid at all costs due to all that damn sugar in it. I just feel so guilty drinking it. Cancels out the happiness. You can get reduced sugar versions of those drinks. Or you can do what I do and order two shots of espresso over ice with one pump of sugar-free peppermint syrup. Wow. I know. Hardcore. But they're putting something else in that to make up for that sugar. Oh, totally. (laughs) I went to this really fancy coffee shop that... Um, had their version of a peppermint mocha and they use peppermint essential oils and I feel like all the essential oil fanatics mm. would have just peed their pants in excitement. We have a ton to get to today, but speaking of the weather, uh, last year I kind of developed an interest in Patagonia, <laughs> the jackets. <laughs> have you guys seen these before? Oh, yeah. That is like the one brand that I'm a brand whore for. I don't. I usually am willing to buy off-brand stuff, whether it be food or clothes. Like I'll buy the Target clothes all day. I'll buy the Target brand all day. But jackets, I really love the Patagonia brand. The problem is they're so they're so damn expensive, and I only have one jacket so far. But I want to get multiple jackets for this season because I really love having that logo on my chest. <laughs> Do either of you have something that you're like a total brand tour for? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this on the show before, but Fenty Beauty, Rihanna's makeup line, mm-hmm. it's great. But is yeah. there something like with a logo on it? That has a logo. Yeah. No, and but... the signature hexagon packaging. <laughs> oh, so like when you're out, you can put the makeup on in public and people can see what you're using? Sure. I mean, I guess that's not really the selling point of makeup. <laughs> well, exa- that's but that's my question. What's something that like with a logo that you kind of want to low key show off in public? Crickets. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say wow. I really like Converse. Um, like okay shoes. I, I they last forever. I I've had pairs that are like six years old, and they're great because. Even if they're dirty, you can still use them for something else. Mm-hmm. So those are really nice. I feel like they're pretty easy to spot from far away, too. They don't have like yeah. logos on them, but everybody knows it's a Converse shoe. Yeah. Everybody in Chicago has Canadian goose jackets. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I had never heard of these before, before moving to Chicago. But seriously, like every other person had one last winter. I don't I don't like the look. I, th- I actually think too many people have them. So I am not interested. 
Out here in San Francisco, it's North Face, which is very That's similar a big one. to Patagonia or whatever this goose situation is. But everybody Canadian has North goose. Face, and they're expensive. Yeah. Well, yeah, Shane is just saying that too. Canadian goose is expensive as fuck. You're right. And I guess that's why people want to show it off. Um, Katie, who's listening live, says she prefers North Face over Patagonia. And Cindy points out, and this is why I actually wear Patagonia. Patagonia has an eco-friendly mission statement, and they are trying to become the first truly zero emissions company. So instead of offsetting their emissions, they are researching production practices that will truly be zero emissions. That's why I support them. It actually has nothing to do with That's the logo. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not so nice was the Bill Cosby verdict this week. Yeah, uh, Bill Cosby was sentenced to three to ten years of jail time on Monday. Nice round numbers there. <laughs> um, many people were shocked simply because of his age. He is 81. Um, so... There were many of us who thought the sentence would be lighter to ensure that he doesn't die in prison. I don't know why anyone would care if he died in prison. Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting anything nefarious. I'm just saying the guy's a bit of a dick bag and he deserves to serve his time. Yeah. Um, were any of us surprised by this or do we think this sentence was um, justified given everything that we know about the allegations against Mr. Cosby? I think it brought some closure at a good time when we're dealing with this Kavanaugh story. Um, it was nice to hear that justice can be served. I think three to 10 years was an appropriate amount of time given that this sentencing was only concerning one particular woman right mm -hmm. so you know with that in mind i th i think it was a uh, fair sentencing i wasn't thinking like oh my god he's gonna die in jail that's so terrible <laughs> a lot of people that happens to a lot of people and he's just as bad as many people in prison so yeah well the women that he assaulted had to live with that for their entire lives. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. not really that concerned about where he spends the next three to 10 years. That's a life sentence. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, I interesting think we'll be that... making the same point about Kavanaugh in a little bit. It is kind of interesting that they just didn't give him a life sentence, but this basically is one, you know, unless he's like a vampire. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly how it works, legally speaking, like why they gave him three to 10 years exactly. That is a pretty big gap, in my opinion, three to 10. Like, he could be out for good behavior in three. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if that happened, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what's he going to do? He's basically blind. He's probably going to be kept away from other people because he's a celebrity. Mm -hmm. He, How can he not be a good person in prison? I think regardless of whether or not he serves the full 10 years or he gets out before he kicks the bucket, it's just important that he goes for the mm -hmm. sake of future mm -hmm. trials because it's important for us and... To know that justice can be served, like you said, but it's also important for, um, you know, survivors and, and future victims to know that 
there is a possibility that the justice yeah, system will I, do what they're supposed to do. Right. I was going to say from a legal perspective, um, the fact that there is now precedent yeah. for serving jail time for these types of allegations is very important. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, important political things, and speaking of brands actually that I love showing off in public, I love wearing my little I voted sticker <laughs> in public on election day, mainly as being like, look at me, I voted, but also like, fuck you if you didn't vote. Let me rephrase, let me phrase that. Fuck you if you're able to vote and did not. So I would just like to issue another one of Laura's PSAs. Please check your voter registration status if you reside in the United States and are eligible to vote. And then double check it and triple check it just to make sure. If you're not yet registered to vote, many states' voter registration deadlines are 30 days prior to an election, which is November 6th. So you still have time. You still have time. It takes five minutes and there's no excuse. If you're not yet sure if you're registered, you can check your registration status at vote.org. Laura, while you were talking, I Mm -hmm. sat here and I punched in my info on vote.org and I got an answer that quick. Yeah. And guess what it is? Very easy. What? Yes. Do you think I am registered to vote or do you think I fucked up? I I fucking hope so. (laughs) We're going to have a serious problem if you're not. I am registered to vote. I'm happy to say. Yeah. And that's probably because I moved in this year. So like part of, you know, the whole moving in thing. Hey, don't forget to register to vote. Okay. I was going to say, I just got jury summoned. So I know I'm registered to vote. Yikes. When do you got to do that? Um, In about two weeks. But... This is so bad. I usually just walk in and when they ask me what my hardship is, I tell them I'm a journalist and then they're like, you can leave. Wow. <laughs> Hot tip from Pam. Pretend to be a journalist. I mean, I, she I actually is my one, lines but... one time. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I'm going to knock on wood as I say this right now. I have never been summoned for jury duty. Nor have I. Wow. What are you guys yeah. doing? What are, what are you doing that I'm not doing? <laughs> you know, moving a lot. <laughs> yes. That's what I was going to say. I'm moving around so much. They can't keep track of me. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, we are going to discuss Kavanaugh. There was a lot of interesting stuff that happened over the past week. But first of all, it's time to hear from one of our sponsors. Let me ask you two something. Have you two ever created a website before? Oh, yeah. Does live journal count <laughs> um no that's just like <laughs> a blog type thing creating a website is hard <laughs> it takes a lot of time and if you're looking to start a website for you your family or your new side hustle i want to tell you about our newest sponsor squarespace i'm actually very familiar with squarespace they are the place to create a beautiful website period period The truth of the matter is creating a website is hard and time-consuming. You need to buy a server. You need to buy a domain name. Then connect it to the server. You have to design the site. You need to check for design bugs. You have to make sure it doesn't crash. You have to optimize for Google. And that's just the start of the list. Ugh. Squarespace removes all of the hassle so you can focus on creating the best content. Squarespace gives you beautiful templates created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce tools, so you can sell products and the ability to buy a domain name. 
So this is an all-in-one place to create a website. Usually this stuff you got to do it in different places. Squarespace brings it all into one spot. You need Squarespace because you, yes, even you with limited computer knowledge can create a website that'll have your friends asking, how'd you do that? You'll look like an expert and you and your website will stand out because it looks like a site that no one has seen before. That is actually the single most important benefit of going with Squarespace. Their designs are actually gorgeous. And by the way, all Squarespace designs work on desktop and mobile. That's just one less thing that you have to worry about. <laughs> that people who don't use Squarespace have to worry about, but you do not. I want you to try this. I've used Squarespace before, like I said, and I love it. This is the only place I would recommend people go to for creating a website because it is just so easy. I, I know that because I've used it. Visit squarespace.com slash M-I-L-L for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code M-I-L-L to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So that's a great offer. Thank you, Squarespace. Moving into some news uh, that we teased just a few moments ago, we are going to be talking about uh, the current Supreme Court drama that's been going down Um there is so much to get into here. So I think we're just going to go point by point through everything. First, I wanted to talk about talk about Dr. Ford's testimony. Um, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford testified for four hours and 20 million Americans watched live. For comparison, four million Americans watched the final Stanley Cup game. So wow. it's pretty significant. Did we watch... I know I did. Yes. I didn't watch all of it, but I watched some of it. I watched all of it. And while I'm glad I did because you were watching history, my God, that killed my productivity for the entire day. I got nothing done on that day. That's why I didn't watch all of it. (laughs) And then, you know, they had some more stuff the following day where they were deciding whether they were going to vote or not. I, I couldn't tune in. I told you guys I'm refusing to tune in. Otherwise, I'm not. It's going to be a second day in a row without getting stuff done. Yeah, I only watched that first day. I opted to keep up with notifications uh, from the news the second day, mainly because I did not have the emotional bandwidth to handle a second day of that shit. It was so rough. Um, as Dr. Ford was testifying and being questioned, I was watching this situation in which she was being grilled about her memories of the events and being asked to justify herself on so many personal details that are just irrelevant to this and thinking, wow, what Dr. Ford is going through right now is what every victim goes through when they speak up in their personal lives. Because the kind of questioning that she was getting from the Senate Judiciary Committee is exactly the same as the kind of questioning victims get just from people in their day-to-day lives. The only difference is that Dr. Ford's story was broadcast on national TV Mm -hmm. and watched by 20 million Americans. And I couldn't help but think, wow, this woman knows what she's in for. She knows what's going to happen. She predicted what was going to happen. And she still went through with it anyway because she knew it was the right thing to do. And she did a great job. Mm-hmm. I thought her testimony was solid. It was believable. She was able to um, 
contain her emotions that were probably eating her from within. I cannot imagine the pressure of testifying, of, of being thrown into the spotlight like this so suddenly. And the reason I bring that up is because this is very different from how Kavanaugh handled himself. Right. So Kavanaugh um, shouted a lot and talked about beer several times. I like beer. He was um, also incredibly rude. Yes. Yeah. Incredibly rude. He was also just openly belligerent towards Democrats and went on this crazy long-winded rant about how all of these sexual assault allegations were some conspiracy that was being funded by the Clintons and the Democrats. Yeah. Um, for those who might not remember, Kavanaugh was one of the lawyers who prosecuted Bill Clinton for perjury after Clinton lied about his affair with Monica Lewinsky. So he's trying to somehow say this is payback from the Clintons, mm. even though, you know, they're not, they hold no office. Yeah. But also they probably have forgotten all about that now. Like so much time has passed. They're over that. Yeah. Right. And I mean, Bill Clinton did perjure himself. There's no getting around that. And quite frankly, there are way bigger fish to fry when it comes to Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. You know, the Clintons perhaps not being thrilled with the way that he handled that investigation is like at the very bottom of that list. And the reason for that is because Supreme Court justices are supposed to be impartial. They're not supposed to express political views, um, which is the reason why Supreme Court justices don't stand and clap during the State of the Union address. It's why they don't uh, publicly back candidates or why they don't have political bumper stickers on their cars. Some Supreme Court justices don't even vote because they are supposed to be that impartial. Their job is to interpret the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And the way that Kavanaugh was just openly hostile towards one of the major political parties in this country, to me, indicates that he is not fit to sit on the court no matter what else you might be able to say about him. Mm -hmm. And concerning both of their testimonies, um, so Dr. Ford said she was 100% sure that it was Kavanaugh that did it. Uh, Kavanaugh also said it, he was 100% sure. So one of them is lying. Uh, my guess is that Dr. Ford is telling the truth. Kavanaugh is telling the truth to the best of his knowledge. I think what happened was Kavanaugh was blackout drunk, something he didn't admit to during the testimony, by the way. He kind of danced, ar danced around that question. A couple of people did ask him about that. Um, I think he was blackout drunk, and he genuinely forgets. And I think part of the reason that he was so emotional is because deep down, he knew it may be possible. But of course, he's not going to say that. Right. I saw a really good point made by several women online who said, you know what, I bet if I accused one of the men who has assaulted me at some point over the course of my <laughs> life, they would probably genuinely not remember that they did it. Because either they were drunk when they did it, or it's so normalized in the society 
that it would not have made an impression and left the psychological impact on them that it left on me. Mm -hmm. So it's, I agree with you, Andrew. It is entirely possible that he genuinely has no recollection of doing that, but that's immaterial. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Yeah. And then just before we started recording, the New York Times has another big report out on Kavanaugh and they found a letter that he wrote to his friends in 1983 and they're about to go on a vacation. And he says to his friends, we should let the neighbors know that we are, quote, loud, obnoxious drunks. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) he said, quote, we're loud, obnoxious drunks with prolific pukers among us. That, Boofers, right? Uh, are you referring to the report that just came out? Oh, no, no, no. I was talking about his definition of boofing. Oh. Never mind. I got that mixed up. He said boofing meant flatulence. Yeah. He also said Devil's <laughs> Triangle was a drinking game. That is a fucking threesome. That is a threesome. <laughs> right. And it's and he lied. Yeah. Because you know he knew what those things meant. <laughs> right. I wish one of the Democrats grilled him on Devil's Triangle. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Kavanaugh, but I just, my my team just looked up Devil's Triangle on Urban Dictionary, and it looks like it is a threesome. <laughs> How do you respond? I mean, I, that's, all, that's all I needed to know. He was talking about having threesomes in the same summer, the same years that him and Mark Judge brought Dr. Ford into a room and tried to have sex with her. Yep. Yeah. So there, I mean, there is, as I said, there's a lot going on here, Um, but we did want to take some time to focus on Jeff Flake. We have him noted here in our doc is the drama llama. Um, So on Friday morning, Jeff Flake announced that he would vote yes on Kavanaugh, but then, and everyone thought that that meant, well, Kavanaugh is a done deal. He's going to be on the Supreme court. But then shortly thereafter, he was confronted in an elevator by a couple of women who very bravely and emotionally recounted tales of their sexual assault. And from what I heard, he was also reached out to by people in his personal life who are assault survivors and were like, yo, you're fucking up big time, dude. Mm. So during the committee vote, like right before they voted, Jeff Flake asked to speak with um, Senator Chris Coons And ultimately, he decided that he would only vote to confirm Kavanaugh if a limited FBI investigation is performed. Did you guys see this live? I was listening live. (laughs) It was crazy. (laughs) I, I, uh, yeah, it sounded pretty intense. I got kind of excited. I thought he might actually vote no, not let Kavanaugh get out of committee, but it's not what happened. But hey, look, it's, it's better than just voting yes. Right. I suppose. I mean, everyone sort of can not everyone, but many people have expressed concern that a one week investigation with such limited scope, um, because they're only going to be um, focusing on Dr. Ford's and another accuser, um, Mrs. Ramirez. It's only going to focus on those set of allegations. So like uh, another accuser, Julie Swetnick, um, is not going to be considered. Mm -hmm. 
in that investigation. So it's narrow scope. It's a really short investigation. So it seems like it would be difficult to prove any of the allegations themselves were correct. Um, however, we do stand a chance that um, they could find that Kavanaugh perjured himself when he lied about the devil's triangle. What a thing to perjure yourself for, by the way. Uh, sounds about right in the Trump era. Or also like the whole blackout drunk thing when he was being questioned about, have you ever gotten so drunk that you blacked out? His response to that was to go, I don't, do you, have you? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's, he literally sat up there and was just like, I know you are, but what am I? (laughs) That's what it, (laughs) honestly, like that's the worst part because then you think about the fact that he clearly doesn't have any respect for the system if that's how he deals with being under pressure what's gonna happen if he's up there yeah i can't imagine i mean it'll be a giant overgrown frat boy on the supreme court hey you guys so i just looked up devil's triangle on urban dictionary and of course the top definition is the one that we know threesome between one woman and two men the second definition (laughs) here it is a made-up game of quarters with three cups arranged in a triangle the rules are unknown because the inventor of the game brett kavanaugh could not explain them under oath (laughs) i just (laughs) i just can't believe like if that were me i would assume that they were going to ask about that so i would have had an like he's not even a good liar right yeah, it's yeah. You I mean, know? somebody should have pressed them. It doesn't seem a, an appropriate thing to discuss, but unfortunately, that's where we are right now. We need to press I know. for more info. They should have asked, like, what are the rules? Yeah. So, so the thing, the thing that we really want to drive home to people is that even with an investigation, it's very likely that Kavanaugh will get through. So this is a time where we need to be protesting loudly. Call your representatives, not just once, call them every fucking day and bitch about this. Write letters. There are online petitions you can sign. There are a number of demonstrations happening in major cities all over the country. Whatever you can participate in in order to prevent this from happening, now's the time. This is critical because we're talking about a lifetime appointment to the highest court in the land. We might be rid of Donald Trump in 2020 or 2024, mm-hmm. but we will be stuck with Brett Kavanaugh for a generation. Yeah. Yeah. He And he really does not deserve it. What? No. You know, even he, the Dr. Ford stuff aside, what's come through factually is this guy has a bad temper that he was a drunk and it lasted a long time and that he's, he would be irresponsible as a member of the Supreme court with the politics based on the politics that he injected during the testimony. Not to mention the real reason they want him. I mean, of course they want him for Roe v. Wade, but why they really want him is because he doesn't believe that sitting presidents can be indicted. Mm hmm. So it doesn't take, like, you can put two and two together pretty easily there. Yeah. 
All right. So, in other news, we want to talk about another person or people who are having rough weeks. Facebook, they got in trouble two times over this past week. First, on Friday, the social media giant announced they uncovered a security breach that exposed the accounts and personal information of 50 million users. This is the single largest security breach in the company's history. Facebook says hackers took advantage of three separate flaws in the software's code. It had to do, part of it had to do with the feature that lets you view your profile as somebody else. There was an access token that hackers were able to grab there, and then they could take that access token and get into your account. And they could also get into your other accounts that you have connected to Facebook, like Spotify. Anytime you have one of those um, login with Facebook buttons, that that was an area that was potentially breached. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> great. And then the second breach, Gizmodo reported last Wednesday, two studies found that the social network was giving advertisers access to data sources that users did not explicitly permit could be used. So, for example, the studies found users' phone numbers given to the social network to enable two-factor authentication were being targeted by advertisers because Facebook was allowing them to access even your most personal data. The studies also found that user contact lists that were uploaded to the site, so from your phone to the site, you may have used that feature before, um, were also mined for personal information. So, for example, an advertiser could take a phone number that they might have on file for you, say if you gave a store your phone number. We do that sometimes to sign up for memberships. They could use it on Facebook to find you, thereby throwing more ads at you. Hey, don't forget about us, Laura. Remember when you purchased that blouse? Well, check out these new blouses. So Facebook did confirm that they gave advertisers access to user phone numbers and contact lists, but they said that people already knew this. We are clear about how we use the information we collect, including the contact information that people upload or add to their own accounts. So I have a couple of questions. First of all, were you two logged out of Facebook over the weekend because of the hack? Not to my knowledge. Oh, really? How about you, Pam? I wasn't, but I've been having trouble on Instagram, which now I'm kind of wondering if it's linked or not. Like I'm, I've been getting booted off of Instagram and being asked to reconnect to my Facebook, and it's so annoying. I would think that has to do with it. I was logged out over the weekend, not just on my computer, but also on my phone. I don't think I was one of the 50 million people, but I was a a part of the broader scope of this breach, so that's why they logged me out. But, But I was frustrated because I logged back in. Facebook didn't tell me anything. They didn't say why they had kicked me out of Facebook on, on my phone and computer. It was just another normal day. Oh, you were logged out, but everything's fine. We promise. That said, the 50 million people who were hacked, and keep in mind, Facebook has about 2.3 billion people worldwide in their system. Uh, the 50 million who were hacked, they had to reset their passwords. Facebook forced them to change their passwords. So I was just frustrated with how Facebook handled that. Like, you should have told me 
why you locked me out. Can Facebook stop fucking up? Yeah. Well, the other thing is, this is a good reminder that everybody needs to create strong passwords. I personally Mm -hmm. use 1Password. This is an app you type in 1Password and you have access to all of your passwords. But it's not just a address book for your passwords or a Rolodex, I guess I should say. It also has this great feature called a watchtower. And this points out your easy passwords and encourages you to make them stronger. It tells you when there are two-factor authentication opportunities. It shows you reused passwords, so you don't use the same password twice, which let's admit it, we all do that. And it'll also show you vulnerable passwords in your Rolodex. It'll check your passwords against a list of known breached passwords. So there are a ton of great features in here, and then it also helps you create very difficult passwords. So it's hard for people to log in. Pam, I think you may have seen my one password work in action when I send you hypable passwords these days. Oh, my God. I was wondering how you were getting those. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, did he just like type random numbers and symbols, symbols and everything under the sun in here? And you know what? It's like so annoying because every once in a while I have to reenter the passwords for things like one by one. So one password has a great has great desktop and mobile software to make it as easy as possible to just pop the passwords into the fields. But yeah, there are those times where you might need to remember a password off the top of your head and you can't. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know. There's probably a comma in there, but I'll be here all day if I don't yeah. look it up. <laughs> Laura, you use an app like this, right? Yeah, I use LastPass. Mm. We butted heads a couple years ago when we were securing the millennial passwords. Yes, Laura was like, I don't know. Well, what did we butt heads? Well, it was fine for you, but not for me. You made me get a whole other password app. I was like, oh, man. Oh, well, I didn't realize that you were actually using one. And I just made the executive decision that uh, millennial can no longer use the same password for everything. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to generate very strong passwords through a double encrypted app. Yeah. And that's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Elisa's sexy butt plug 69 wasn't working for us anymore. It's a little no. too insecure. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> but if everybody takes away anything from this, I just want to say, please create strong, unique passwords for everything. You need to lock your shit down in this day and age. It, it, I have I have peace of mind knowing that my passwords are hard as hell. <laughs> no one's getting into my Instagram or Gmail or any of this. Yeah. And like obvious shit like your dog mm-hmm. should not be your password. I still use a couple semi-obvious things. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe I shouldn't admit that. Do you know when I think about this is when they ask you to set security questions to recover your password. But all of the questions I I always think about, like how many people will know the answers to those things. Like all of those seem pretty obvious to me. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. It's like, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Isn't that how the big iCloud hack happened a couple of years? The fappening, as it is known. (laughs) 
I can't remember. I believe that people got in because of security questions and they were easy to answer because they were celebrities accounts. It's not hard to find out, you know, what Jennifer Lawrence's dog is called. (laughs) Right. Oh, no. Well, and it's funny you mentioned the security questions because when I'm creating those, I always think to myself, half this shit I've revealed on Millennial. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not on Millennial for me, but I just think about how they're just things that most people would know about right. me. Even the the ones that are meant to be more unique. I just kind of feel like people yeah. would know. I mentioned two-factor authentication. <laughs> and that is a mouthful. And for anybody who doesn't know, this essentially requires two passwords to log into anything. So you'll need your regular password. and then And then what they'll do is they'll send a code to your phone that you can access through an app and then you punch that code in, then you can log in. This is kind of similar to SMS logins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use two-factor authentication on everything. Yeah. It can be a pain, but worth it. It is, but so I had an issue where there was a, an individual who kept trying to access my Gmail account a few years ago. And I was like, God, fuck this shit. And I just switched everything over to two-factor authentication after that. I was just like... Yeah, I was really bummed I, when you did that. I kept, <laughs> I kept getting the notifications that were like, there's been a login accessed from such and such location. And I'm like, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> Damn, creepy. Yeah, it was it was mega creepy. <laughs> So we have a new study we're going to talk about in a moment concerning millennials. But first, a word from another one of our sponsors. I don't know about you ladies, but when it gets colder, I have a hard time talking myself into leaving the house. Right? Oh, yeah. That's a hard conversation for me to have anyway. (laughs) It's amplified in the winter. Yeah. And the same applies to getting myself worked up to go to the gym in the winter. When it's cold, I don't want to head outside in shorts. Brave the cold weather in, you know, I'm like half naked just to sweat my butt off. No, thank you. Now's the perfect time to try Beachbody On Demand. You can give yourself fantastic workouts in the comfort of your own home. We all know it's important to stay healthy, especially in this day and age when we're spending way too much time being stagnant. No matter how busy you are, you have time for Beachbody On Demand. You don't have to go to a gym. You don't have to wait for equipment to become available. You just load up the Beachbody On Demand app and you're all set. They're an easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to a ton of super effective workouts. I personally love all of the dance workout programs because they offer fun and unique routines that don't run for more than 30 minutes and they get my heart rate up. So I get dancing and before I know it, boom, I've got a solid workout in and I haven't even left my house. Pat my boyfriend, and I use it, and I want you to use it. We have a fantastic offer. Right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text MIL to 303030. You will get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, all the nutrition information and support, totally free. I frequently tell you about no-brainer deals. This is a no-brainer deal. It's going to save you money. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to pay for a typical gym membership, which... They're expensive. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) 
Beachbody is cheaper and way more convenient than a gym. Plus, it's more effective because the trainers in these videos know how to get you the best results. You don't, you don't hit these plateaus that you might at the gym. So please, give it a try. Just text MIL to 303030. Thank you, Beachbody, for our banging bodies. Wink. Well, if you're single, you'll have plenty of time to work on your banging beach body because turns out millennials were getting married later in life. Uh, so this information is coming from a new study out of the University of Maryland, which found that the U.S. divorce rates have actually declined by 18 percent between 2008 and 2016. And apparently the cause of the decline, according to Professor Philip Cohen, is that it's due in part to the fact that youth in America are waiting to tie the knot until they're more educated, more financially stable, and better established in their careers. It's long since been established that the more educated a person is, the longer they wait to settle down. And given that millennials are considered the most highly educated generation to date in terms of all of the college degrees we hold, it makes sense that if we are in this generation, we're choosing to marry later in life. And that adds to the decline of the divorce rates because with age comes maturity and also financial stability. And it just kind of means that we're looking for different things out of relationships and we're less likely to split up later in life. Uh, to give us a little bit more context, according to the census data, um, and the new average age for U.S. for first marriages is 27% for women and 29% for men. And if you happen to live live in a bigger urban area, like a bigger city like New York City or L.A. or D.C., you're actually going to be more likely to get married even later than that. And those average ages for first-time marriages are 30 for women and 31 for men. Now, as somebody that is forever alone, this makes me feel a lot better. But I know that this is not common for my family because all of the women got married super young. Do you guys feel like this is surprising or are you noticing this pattern amongst your friends as well? Well, first totally. of all, stop with this forever alone shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll marry you if nobody else does. But Aww, thanks, Wow, Andy. Andrew, what an offer. <laughs> Oh, I guess I'll marry you if no one else does. Do I get 50% of your 50% of millennial? Yes, I feel like I am seeing this in my own life. I mean, uh, more and more of my friends are getting married now as we approach our 30s or <laughs> early 30s. Um, And so far, none of them are divorced. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Yeah, I think people are just busier now in their younger years with their job and with school. And you see these reality TV shows in which people are dealing with divorces or just bad situations that occur when you get really closely tied to somebody like Teen Mom or even like The Bachelor. <laughs> and I think people are like, well, what is the rush? Why do I need to rush? And maybe I can save a little bit more to put on an even better wedding. Yeah, and I think also... Our generation just has more choices available to us. I mean, for our grandparents, they didn't really have the choice. You graduated high school and got married. Mm -hmm. That's what you did. That that was the next logical step. That was the progression. Yeah. And that was it, you know. And now you have so many paths available to you. You can jump right into a career. You can travel you can further your education you can side you can, hustle 
you can go off to college and have your, you know, an experimental phase if you so desire, (laughs) you know. I I know that a lot of this is tied to the financial responsibility of, you know, marriage and and how it, it is kind of really sad that the reason why educated millennials are maybe waiting is because we're all in crippling debt because of student loans. But at the same time, I also kind of feel like a lot of people get married with the intent of starting a family. So I feel like that probably is a big deciding factor, too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you can't afford kids, so you don't have them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think if you're not wanting to have kids, that would be a deciding factor. Um, I plan on only having fur children. I do not want to reproduce. I can think of nothing. It sounds like like it's like the least fun thing I can think of. And I as a result, I do not feel the pressure of like my biological clock saying you better get married and start punching out kids. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> Would you carry my child? Like you have it then you give it to me. Do I have to push it out of my vagina? That can be up to you. I don't need you to have a natural birth. Okay. I mean, so if a really good friend came to me and they needed to have a surrogate and they were like, I really want it to be you. (laughs) It's very important to me that it's someone that I'm close with and who I trust and I can't think of anyone better. I I would think about it. Well, Lori, you're going to be visiting me in a little over two weeks. Maybe we can spend some time together. We'll talk things over. Maybe we can work something out. Mm-hmm. You're going to show up with the turkey baster already. <laughs> it's definitely the cheap way to do it. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, I was um, happy to see this report. We're doing something good. Finally, millennials doing something good. I know. We're... And also, like, divorce is hard on children, mm-hmm. you know? Like, my parents got married super young, and they divorced when we were super young, and my dad remarried again, and that was fine. But it's, it's like, a lot for tiny minds to wrap their brains around. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like all us divorced kids always joke about how great it is to have two Christmases, two Thanksgivings, et cetera, et cetera. But it does, like, weigh down on you more than you realize until you get older. So it's nice, I think, in the long run. I'm also wondering if social media plays a role in this because you're going to have to come clean on social media about what happened at some point. So maybe people are like, well, shit, I'll stick out this marriage to try and make it work because I can't face the embarrassment of becoming divorced. (laughs) I I hear you laughing, Laura, but I'm not really kidding. I'm just imagining like I'm going to stay in this loveless marriage so that I don't have to come clean to the Russians through Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, but just think about like we always talk about how social media is a highlight reel. And let's say you change your last name on Facebook and you have all these wedding photos on Facebook and it was all for nothing. Look, I mean, I avoid updating my my job status online just so I don't have to ferret questions. So, well, I don't. I I think relationship statuses are dumb. 
So I yeah. don't, I really don't get why people feel the need to do status updates for I'm in a relationship or I got married. Like, woo fucking who? Anyone can do both of those things. I'm not going to congratulate you on that. And I don't want anyone to congratulate me either. So I, th- I feel like that's a young person's mentality, though, because, you know, if I was like 20, I would definitely want to want to make it Facebook official. But now I just wouldn't care. Well, so you bring up a good point. Are people our age doing that less? Because I feel like I used to see that type of stuff on Facebook all the time. And mm-hmm. now it's much more sporadic. Yeah, I don't see it nearly as much. So maybe Facebook isn't showing it as often or people are just using it less because yeah no, i'm definitely still saying the got engaged <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe people are just choosing to do it less i don't know i the life events always make me laugh though because it's like got engaged and then it's like got a new car yeah right now let's see okay so all of my friends if you look on my profile you can see that it says i'm single which is not accurate but I don't want to go and put myself in a relationship with Pat on Facebook because I don't need to announce it to everybody. Right, exactly. Also, it's like a protection thing. Like, I know my family's crazy. I don't want them stalking anybody I am or am not dating or have dated. Right. You know? Exactly. This is why I never tag Pat on Instagram. And he's like, why don't you tag me? I'm like, I don't want people looking at your profile. You're mine. No one else. I mean, that's a really good point because I feel like people are, it's naturally curious for people to, or it's natural for people to be curious, especially if you do kind of what we do, which is put a version of ourselves out online. Yeah. But it does like make it uncomfortable for the other person. Right. Yeah. Some of my extended family stalked Mark on Facebook. Oh boy. Which we're not listed as in a relationship. So I don't know if they like, went through all my timeline and pictures and stuff to find something where he was tagged and then found him that way. <laughs> How did you find out that they were stalking? Because they were asking my mom questions about him and then oh. like telling her something they saw on his Facebook. <laughs> and she was just like, uh, okay. Uh-huh. Weird. It's an old people thing. Yeah. Well, no, come on. We all stalk on social media. We do, but do we admit to it? No. Exactly. Uh, and you well, certainly don't double tap when it's like six months old. <laughs> A deep like, as they call it. I did that the other day and I was mortified. Oh, boy. I, I'll sometimes admit to stalking somebody. In fact, like my mom and sister will be like, oh, we stalked Pat. We looked at his profile and we learned this about him. And like, I don't know, kind of, I'm kind of glad that they did. Like, it's weird, but it's also like, well, I'm glad you're taking an interest in. That's very sweet. You know what I mean? It's different if it's like your third cousin twice removed or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was my situation. All right. We, speaking of tech, we're about to talk about iOS 12's new feature screen time. We're learning the truth about how we use our phones. But first, a word from another one of our sponsors. Another new one, TiVo. I know what you're thinking. TiVo is still around. Yes. And they've actually made some big changes for the digital age. Whether you're a cable or antenna user, TiVo has a solution that's perfect for you. Introducing the TiVo Bolt, 
This is an all-in-one smart TV box that gives you access to live TV, a DVR, and all your favorite apps. This brings everything together into one place. No other device does that. TiVo puts everything in a single remote in a single set-top box. Ah, relief. Whether you're binging Maniac or you're binging your CW favorites, the TiVo Bolt has you covered. And one of TiVo's most beloved features is here too. You can skip over entire commercial breaks with the tap of a button or voice command. Also, and I love this, you can watch shows faster. (laughs) TiVo Bolt has a feature that'll let you watch shows 30% faster with pitch-corrected sound. I know people sometimes do this to get through podcasts quicker. Now you can do it with TV as well, meaning you'll be able to watch even more. So if you're ready for a better way to watch TV, TiVo has put together a special deal just for our listeners. 20% off any TiVo Bolt over the air or TiVo Bolt Vox. Just head to TiVo.com slash M-I-L-L 20 and remember promo code M-I-L-L 20. That's TiVo.com slash M-I-L-L 20 with promo code M-I-L-L 20 for 20% off. This is a fantastic solution for anybody who's looking to simplify their entertainment setup, get everything in one place, and skip commercials and watch TV faster. Again, TiVo.com slash M-I-L-L 20 and remember promo code M-I-L-L 20. So speaking of tech... We want to talk about a new feature in iOS 12. We were all very excited, but also maybe a little nervous to learn the truth about how much time we're we're spending on our phones. So this new feature is screen time. And to get to it, you tap settings and then you tap screen time. And then you can see not only how much time you're spending on your phone in general, but you can also see how much time you're spending in each app. You can see how many notifications you are receiving. You can see how many times you pick up your phone. And you can also set limits for apps. So this is an initiative by Apple and also by Google. They rolled this out with Android, something similar with Android. This is a a way to help us spend less time on our devices, which is kind of interesting. I don't think a decade ago we would have predicted that phone makers would be helping us spend helping us manage our time. So let's hear everybody's results. Laura, what were your results? Uh so my results were that I spent an average of three hours and fifty one minutes per day on the phone. Uh for a twenty seven hour and four minute weekly total. Uh, my most used applications were Messages, Facebook, YouTube, Facebook Messenger, Spotify, and Maps. I had 110 pickups per day and 754 notifications. Most of those came from Messages, Facebook Messenger, my clock, uh, news apps, and Twitter. Spending a lot of time on the clock app. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I I use my phone as my alarm. Yeah. Because I don't have an alarm clock. Right. But I don't I don't know why it I I don't know why. <laughs> Pam, what are your results look like? Okay, so my results are 3 hours and 30 minutes per day for a weekly total of 24 hours and 36 minutes. 
Uh, most used apps are the Notes app, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Messages, and Spotify. And uh, let's see, 29 pickups per day for a total of 204 pickups with 363 notifications total, which averages to around 51 per day. And most of those are coming from Twitter, text messaging, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, and Slack. Wow. So you're barely picking up your phone. I guess so. I thought I was picking it up more than... I thought, but I also work from home more now. So I feel like if if I have a week where I don't leave the house as much, I'm doing a lot of it on my computer. So yeah. I don't think that this is necessarily accurate for me as far as like screen time is concerned. Right. And that but is... But there are definitely weeks that are way higher. Right. That is something we have to keep in mind. Like when I'm texting people, half the time during the week especially, I am texting people from my desktop computer. So right. it's not taking that into account. Mm-hmm. Mine were, um, I spent two hours, 26 minutes per day on the phone. My most used apps were TweetBot, which is a Twitter app, Instagram, Messages, Facebook, Safari. I have, I'm averaging 141 pickups per day. Ugh. And <laughs> 1,484 total notifications for an average of 212 per day. Ugh. So, first of all, was anybody surprised by any particular revolt results that they received? No. No, it sounded about right. <laughs> what disturbed me most was the number of notifications. And we, Laura and I actually spoke about this on Landy a week ago. Um, I am uncomfortable with the fact that my phone slash watch are notifying me over 200 times a day about something. That's 200 little taps, little buzzes, little sounds. That seems like overload, especially for somebody who's trying to keep their anxiety in check. <laughs> Which, where are your, most of your notifications coming from? Are they coming from Twitter too? Can, no, I have oh. no notifications for Twitter. Can you see? Oh, my! most of mine are through Gmail. Oh, oh wow. That's a lot. I don't... That's so weird because Gmail on mine doesn't even track, but I get way too many emails. You know, mine says 487 in the past week. However, I've had this terrible bug for the past few months where I get double notifications for some emails, which is so infuriating because receiving emails are bad enough. Now I'm getting two notifications per email. So I don't know if it's taking that bug into account or not, but um, my second most notified app or however you want to describe it um is messages with 363 notifications over the week so i used one of these new features that's included with screen time the time limits and i put an hour limit on social media that includes tweetbot facebook instagram snapchat and i've hit that one hour limit a few days each week and there have been a couple times where I cheated and I told my phone let me in anyway I don't care but I really like having this limit because it does force me to manage the amount of time I spend on social media apps throughout the day because now I know that uh 
now I'm trying to not hit the limit. So in the morning when I might have in the past spent more time flipping through Facebook or Instagram, now I'm jumping in and jumping out as quick as possible. (laughs) Yeah, I've been using the limits. At first, I set a 15-minute limit for myself on social media, which was unrealistic. I would hit it (laughs) by like 10 (laughs) a.m., but I I moved it up to an hour, and I've been pretty successful so far at staying within that limit. Like you, Andrew, I've had to ignore the limit one or two times, Mm -hmm. Um, but I like it because even if I end up ignoring the limit, it does force me to be mindful of the time that I'm spending, whereas before, it was totally possible for you to just be fucking around on Facebook for an hour just because. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and this way you can be aware of how you're spending your time and find more productive ways to spend that hour. Um, I'm also, especially after seeing how many pickups I have per day, I'm going to try putting uh, or at least putting my phone on do not disturb between my work hours to see if that helps. Mm. You know, of course, I'll have it set up so that my favorites can still reach me. In the event that it's urgent. But right. apart from that, I don't want to be getting pinged by my messages, you know, of people sending me <laughs> memes and shit like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I have notifications off on our group chat on Facebook. Oh! <gasps> I'm so glad you said that because I totally put it on do not disturb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because sometimes it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No offense. (laughs) No, I I feel you. Sometimes, especially during the workday when I'm like trying to work and I just see it going off. Right. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I would like before I would turn my phone over and just face it down so I couldn't see. Yeah. But now I just have it on do not disturb. (laughs) I use the do not disturb feature too whenever I'm on for writing shifts or anything like that. And it's a really, really big help because I'm just not seeing it come through. So I'm not inclined to click on anything. Yeah. One of the biggest distractions for me while working is Twitter. I always have it open on the left side of my screen on desktop. And this week I've been keeping it closed open, but just hidden. Because I can't read all these tweets while writing. And I'm always tempted to. I like being in the know every single second. But it's not healthy. So this week, I've been hiding it. And it's just so refreshing to not have Twitter constantly nagging me. Because it's just so tempting to read the latest messages. And as I'll talk about on After Dark today, I'm changing my my anxiety medication. And that's one of the steps I'm taking to to try to... (laughs) lead a calmer life (laughs) so that's screen time again if anybody wants to check it out you can just go to settings and then tap screen time it's really interesting and i think everybody should be reviewing it to make sure you're aware of how much time you're spending on your phone we have a final sponsor this week they are policy genius we've told you about them before they are the go-to place for anyone searching for insurance policies of all types If you need insurance, this is the site to go to, period. This is a huge no-brainer. We all need insurance for our home, our life, our health, our cars, even our pets. And Policy Genius is the way to quickly and easily compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best policy for you. 
It's so simple, and these guys have a beautiful site. I've been talking a lot about beautiful sites today. (laughs) I've been using PolicyGenius.com to monitor car and home insurance rates to make sure I'm getting the best offer. It asks you a couple of questions about what you're trying to insure, and boom, you're given a bunch of policy options from all the insurers that you've heard of. You should trust these guys because they have helped over 4 million people shop for insurance and placed over $20 billion in coverage. Don't let insurance shopping suck anymore. Use these guys to make it quick and easy. If you've been thinking about getting life insurance, health insurance, car insurance, renter's insurance, pet insurance, any type of insurance, go to policygenius.com. It's the easy way to compare the top insurers and find the best policy for you. You'll be saving time, money, and hassle, and it's free. Policy Genius, because comparing life insurance doesn't need to be a pain in the neck. Ouch! I didn't get health coverage. (laughs) Uh... Okay, it's time to talk to one of our listeners. Surprise! Surprise, bitch! Let's call Helen. Hello? Hi, Helen? Yes, hi. Surprise, bitch, it's Millennial. <laughs> no shit. Really? <laughs> really? We're all here. Oh, my God. Hey, how's it going? You know, I saw that it said unknown, and I was like, unknown? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, you're like, could it be wow. those assholes? <laughs> yeah. Hi. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I just got home from work and ate some dinner and... Now I'm cleaning up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, where are you from? Um, I live in the Chicagoland area. I live in a suburb of Chicago. Okay, great. How do you like yeah. it here? You and Andrew have that in common. How do I like it in Chicago? Well, yeah. I've lived here my whole life, so I don't really have a perspective about any other places, but I do love Chicago, and I have no desire to leave, so Aww. I think it's a pretty awesome place. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's pretty great yeah. from what I've heard. Ringing... Uh proclamations of its beauty from andrew (laughs) (laughs) well today wasn't such a great example it was a little cloudy and rainy but normally chicago's like a gorgeous place i mean i really enjoy it here yeah i don't think the winners are that bad i don't either i survived my first one i was like what's the big deal (laughs) well that's good to know because i'm going to be up there in the next couple of weeks so Oh, there won't be snow by then. We don't yeah. we don't get snow until like after Christmas usually. Andrew promised me good weather, so if it doesn't deliver, I'm going to be very upset. I said it's been a nice fall so far. I can make no promises <laughs> about your time here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on yeah, the show today, we are talking mm-hmm. about a new industry that millennials are responsible for killing. Can you guess mm, what that is? One. Gosh, the list is so long at this point. I don't think I could come up with another thing that is on that list. Well, it's um, different. I have no I'll, idea. I'll give it that. Uh, millennials are responsible for killing divorce. As there in is we're a... not getting divorced? Exactly. Right. Trick question from Laura. <laughs> oh. Well, is it because we're getting married later, perhaps? And so that's skewing the statistics? Wow, I don't really know where that's coming from. It's like you already heard our discussion. (laughs) That's exactly right. Andrew, give her a prize. I mean, (laughs) 
I know for myself, I mean, like, I'm in my mid-30s and I'm not married. And I think about the fact that my parents, by the time they were my age, had already been married for, like, 15 years. So, I mean, that's just a prime example of us getting married a lot later. Yeah. And do you think that age plays a factor in how likely a marriage is to last? I feel like, personally... As you get older, you know more about yourself and you know more about what you like and what you don't like and what you're willing to tolerate and what you're not willing to tolerate. And so I feel like when you're a little bit older and you know yourself a little bit better, you are more likely to pick somebody who's going to be compatible with you long term. Uh, rather than, I mean, when you're younger, I'm not saying that marriages from when you're younger don't last. I mean, my parents got married when my dad was still in college. And they're still together, but they just celebrated their 50th anniversary. But I just feel like you're a little bit more sure of yourself. And so mm. a little bit more likely to pick somebody who's going to be compatible with you. And in terms of your philosophy on marriage itself, do you think that it's more of a romantic partnership or financial partnership? well um i think it needs to be both i mean it's not like the marriages of like a thousand years ago where it was only a financial arrangement obviously love plays into it but if you are not realistic about finances then you're gonna get into trouble yeah in the future this is very sage advice that was (laughs) that was some great feedback all around i thought you brought up great points I, oh, I was taking you. notes on all of it. Yeah. Well, I totally agree. With, <laughs> you, you get older and you learn what you like and don't like, like you were saying. And personally, yeah. I feel like I'm at a place now where I know exactly what I want out of somebody. Sure. And I'm also at a place where, like, you know, I kind of I want to settle down. I want to be done with the dating life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if someone has been single a while, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you come into Chicago and uh, I'll be your wingman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I have I have one friend who lives in the city and I go on to see her occasionally, but most of my friends are out here in the suburbs too. Uh, well, that's fair. It makes perfect sense. I don't know. I've witnessed Andrew's wingmanship before <laughs> and I'm not sure that I'm willing to vouch for it. I can't vouch for it either. I can't. <laughs> I can't date. I don't know how why people are interested in in dating me. I'm, I'm terrible at it, so I can't help others. I don't think anybody is really good at it. It's something you kind of just figure out in the moment. Now that is some great inspiration that I think people need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Helen. Well, thank you for your support and thanks for listening. Sure. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I've been listening to you guys for so long. It's kind of surreal to be actually having a response to me. It's kind of bizarre. <laughs> I did actually see you on the, uh, or I saw Laura, I should say, on the Twilight Tour. But, I, Andrew, I don't think you were there because you had to leave. I did. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Well. But, yeah, so it was a good time. I really enjoyed talking with you guys. It was great talking with you as well. And since I bailed on you. For the imprint tour, maybe I have to make it up to you sometime now <laughs> since I'm close. Sure, that'd be great. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, Helen. Thanks. Thanks, thanks you again Bye-bye. for your support. No problem, of course. Bye. 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 Oh, she was sweet. And yeah. wise beyond and her insightful. years. insightful. Yeah. Seriously. 
we have that surprise bitch benefit over at patreon.com slash millennial. If you would like to pledge at just the $2 level, you can be eligible to receive a call from us. And speaking of Patreon, we have a lot coming up on After Dark today. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to offer everybody an update on my mental health. It's time for another update. I saw my psychiatrist this week, and we're making some changes. Me, her, and her iPad are making some changes. (laughs) So I'll dive into those. (laughs) And we are going to talk about Netflix developing new choose-your-own-adventure TV shows, which is kind of mind-blowing. And... Since I'm not going to be on MuggleCast next week, we're going to have MuggleCast right here. We're going to talk about a new Harry Potter RPG that's in development. There was a massive leak on Tuesday morning, so we're going to talk about that video and if we're interested in playing this video game. Quick plug for our website, MillennialShow.com. You can contact us using the website. There's a contact form right there. You can also just email us directly if you have any feedback, MillennialShow at gmail. We've also got links on our website to our complete archive of episodes if you need to catch up. We've got our confessional there. We've got a link to our Patreon. And there's more. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye. Bye. Love and marriage, love and marriage. Go together like a horse and carriage this. I tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. Love and marriage, love and marriage. It's an institute you can't disparage. Ask the local gentry. Damn, Frank. Pat I don't loves... think I've ever heard, like, past the no line of that song. <laughs> what were you thinking I about w- Pat? I was entranced by his vocals. I didn't want it to end. Mm. Um, Pat loves Frank Sinatra. He's great, but that's not a great Frank Sinatra song. Oh, come on. It's it, I like it. I found myself sitting there being like, I've disparaged marriage a lot. <laughs> <laughs>